Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Welcome to the NZ Tech Podcast Best of Collection for 2011. You've got Bradley Burrows in the studio. And Skip Parker. Wow, we've got an action-packed episode for you today. This is going to be a sort of a, a greatest hit, Skip, of our, of our first sort of 24, 25 episodes. Yeah, it's been great going through some of the stuff and just rehearing what we've actually done. And we've done a lot of yeah. stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, look, we, we've had, um, we were just working out the number of guests we've had through here, and I think it's about 15 to 23 or or something between those two numbers and we're sort of going to cover off over the next sort of 50 minutes around sort of the, the best of with those guests and some of our sort of favourite clips of the first half of the year. Yeah, but I think before we kick into that we should go back and refresh what episode one actually sounded like. Yeah, so I suppose we were, Paul and I met at TechEd in 2009 and um, we were talking around how all of our favourite technology and we just were saying look it'd be really good to get out there to go and talk to people about this because we thought there'd be an audience we were rabbiting on for a couple of hours one day and then it took us about six months after that <laughs> and it was actually like um, January I think it was like getting close to where we are now and we went in and I managed to steal some time in one of the Microsoft offices in the Xbox room which is a beautiful sealed room and Paul and I grabbed a really old crappy laptop a really bad microphone and we sat down and we recorded episode, what we, well, what was sort of not even episode one episode zero yeah and that never made the light of day and I don't think it ever will no <laughs> It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But look, what actually happened was we recorded it, and we gave it a go, and it just sat around because Paul and I were both so busy at the time. And then we sort of had a couple of cups of coffee, and we said, right, we've got to get this going. We're really going to do it. So we went back, and we re-recorded what became episode one. Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows, and guests. I'm Paul Spain, and this is the very first episode of the NZ Tech Podcast. Bradley Burrows and I will be coming to you every week or two with discussion about what's happening in the technology space. Well, you've got to admit, the quality uh, back then was a little different. Yeah, there was a lot different. It was, a, uh, I think, a $2.95 Dick Smith microphone and <laughs> some really bad software. And, yeah, look, I mean, we were both very nervous. We didn't know how to sort of sit down and get comfortable. But, I mean, as you can hear from, from there, we still had the framework of what we wanted to talk about. And um, at the time, we, there was some stuff going on with Vodafone and hotspots. And, and it was really interesting because Paula just spanked a whole lot of money, as he does, to go out and buy all this technology and he was trying to get his house sorted. So it was a bit of a giggle, and it was good fun doing it too. Um, but I don't think we actually even edited it. I don't think we did that one. No. Um, well, of course, of course, <laughs> of course, things have changed a little bit. I remember um, Paul ringing me up actually around episode two saying, hey, uh, Skip, would you be interested in helping out with a podcast? Um, the guy I normally do it with uh, seems to have disappeared on me. Yeah, that was the gap between episode zero and episode one. So, And it, what, it, what it transpired is that your wife actually took you on a surprise trip to Fiji, I think. Correct. That's correct. So yes. we didn't, no one knew this, of course. So. Well, it was a surprise as well for me. So, But from that forward, uh, time forward, we actually uh, moved into the studios uh, thanks to Rima Broadcasting Group. We can borrow their space. Yep. And uh, the quality changed just slightly. Oh, just a little bit. Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows, and guests. Welcome to this episode number 45 of the NZ Tech Podcast. One week to go to Christmas. 
Uh, oh, is awesome! It? It one, is. Yeah. one and a, one and th- two thirds. Yes, almost. Yeah. Welcome aboard, listeners. And uh, look, as you can hear, I mean, obviously, we're we're very privileged to be in, in a proper radio station when we get to record this, and the quality is night and day between the first two. And I think the content also got a lot better from what we were talking about. Um, I think the three of the dynamics worked really well between the three people in the, in the studio, and. From here on in, we started um, to think about getting guests on board as well. Yeah, and I've been amazed at the guests that we've had. We've had some amazing guys. We've had the likes of Bo from Nintendo, who brought that uh, 3DS Nintendo. Now, hold on. That was the first time in New Zealand that that device got shown. Right. And that was huge for us because, I mean, that was our first sort of exclusive where we got to play with stuff that isn't out in the market and it was really, really cutting edge for us. Yep. Uh, we've actually had one guest that's been reoccurring, Nathan Mercer from <laughs> good, Microsoft. Good old Nath. Yeah, he, he's been great and uh, was is quite a bit of a laugh having him in the uh, in the studio. Uh, Jason Hosking, who does a bit of work for Getty Images, came in and talked to us about uh, camera stuff. Yeah, that was really interesting sort of hearing it from, uh, I suppose, from a digital side of the business and how they actually out in the field when you're trying to get photos of wildlife and stuff how you actually use the technology to get it back and, and working together yeah and of course this year was the year that uh, paul brislin jumped from vodafone and moved to two ends yeah that was interesting because he he was a big it was sort of like going from night and day for him wasn't it yeah and so we had him on the show and he talked about uh, some of the the mobile termination rates that are happening here in new zealand and abroad so that was rather interesting. Yeah, and then we were able to get um, Owen from Neowin to come on up. He was up here for TechEd, was it, at the time? No, actually, I think it was, was the it? Windows Phone 7 was launch. Yep, no, you're right. Uh, so yeah. that was a <laughs> that was quite an interesting time and for us because we're all uh, fanboys of new technology, so we're all a bit excited about that. Yep, and then obviously we talked about IPv6, the task force that's going on over New Zealand and obviously around the world because there's IPv6 Day. And um, that's something that's still starting to take off a little bit, but I think with what um, Dr. Murray's doing at the moment, I think it's it's really starting to grow in New Zealand. Yeah, uh, it's a, it is certainly a slow burner, but we need to head there for sure. Um, and I think one of the best episodes we've had um, actually was an action-packed episode with uh, uh, a couple of guys, Gabe Gravening from AMD, uh, talking about the Fusion APU chips, uh, and David Brevner from Unlimited Realities, who actually was writing stuff for them to demonstrate some of their chips and whatnot, a Kiwi company, which was quite cool, um, picking up on that Kiwi connection. And of course, your good mate, Di Henwood. <laughs> yeah, Di came in and he's um, a huge fanboy of technology and uh, we've managed to keep in contact for quite a while now and he goes out around, the when he does his comedy shows or TV shows around the world, I get text messages or emails from him <laughs> and he's been buying up a storm over there at the moment. But yeah, no, look, uh, Di's a huge fan of the show and good supporter and uh, you know, thanks Di for listening and, and spreading the word. So let's just pick up on a couple of highlights that I've found in episode 16. Cool, let's go to it. My best experience was at a hotel in Hamilton and the Wi-Fi was ridiculously expensive and I was lying, it was a pretty dodgy hotel and I was lying in my bed. Is that I, where you tend to stay, the dodgy yeah, hotels, oh no, die? No, well, uh, the, the guy had booked it because it was, had sweet in the title. Like, he thought they were sweets, but it was appalling. And so I was lying in my bed and I looked at the roof and went... This is the router. <laughs> and then on the wall, top of the wall, it said, this is the um, router for the whole hotel. Do not 
touch it. So all I did is move it down and plugged an Ethernet cable into it. And of course it bypassed a wireless thing. And then I was just going for it all night. Full I thought access. it was quite a, and that, that's a, the that cali- hotel that popped out so, there. So you were, cali- you were able to watch streaming movies while, while nobody else could probably get online. Yeah, no, exactly, because I was just draining it all out of the, But you know you're in a classy hotel when they've screwed the wireless router to the roof of one room. That's awesome. If Post was down, but Die had his yeah. movies. Everything was great. Um, right now we have uh, two guests joining us on the NZ Tech podcast. We have Gabe Gravening from AMD in Seattle. How are you there, Gabe? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Great to uh, great to have you on the show. And we've got uh, David Bremner from Unlimited Realities here in New Zealand. Very good to be here indeed. Great to have you on. Um, David, you can tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. You've been in Seattle with AMD over the last few days. Yeah, it's been very exciting. Um, and we brought along um, one of our, our tech team, and we were able to sit in on the, the technical sessions and really... I guess uh, learn a lot of uh, new information, but as well as that, to to show what we'd learnt with the new APUs that uh, AMD were launching, and also to be part of that launch was uh, was pretty exciting, and to show off the new software that we've been we've been working on for the last few months. So, as part um, of that that launch, you you've been showing off um, the latest uh, finger taps software um, that Unlimited Reality is has been developing. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right, and and I think the opportunity to take these kind of uh, what have traditionally been in the game space and move them into everyday casual computing and really take advantage of the power of the uh, of the combination of GPU and CPU in one place. Um, you know, it made a really good a really good fit for the uh, for the launch to be able to show off um, you know everyday computing on uh, on these devices. Great. Oh, that's good. Well, um, talking about the APUs, uh, Gabe, can you tell us a little bit about the um, the new launch from AMD last week? Yeah, sure. So um, last week we had a couple of big events for AMD. First, we had our inaugural developer summit uh, here in Seattle uh, last week. So first one for AMD and, uh, and really necessitated by the launch of our uh, Fusion APU processors, which stands for Accelerated Processing Units. And these are uh, a new architecture for AMD that combines really the best of, of the CPU as well as the best of the GPU all on a, on a single die. We launched the first version of this actually back at CES and uh, uh, have had great reception to the uh, to that first product, which was our low power product, and you're finding that in a number of, of devices today, um, and even in the low power space with with a really great all day battery life, it still has a first class graphics. Uh, horsepower on it, so DirectX 11 capable graphics, GPU compute uh, supporting OpenCL and uh, and Direct Compute. So as, as you can see, episode 16 was a, was a massive show for us, and um, especially with Die around, I mean, he always keeps things moving along at an extremely fast pace. Yeah. I, I was quite surprised at how technical he is. You know, you look at someone on on TV and you think, well, hey, you know, comedian, 
You don't you don't normally associate geek with comedians, if you know what I mean. He's what I call a sleeper. He's a sleeper. He's a sleeper. <laughs> he goes in there and he thinks he's, he's he dies quite. Oh, he's not short. He's just he's he's average height. And you sort of see him. You think he's quite petite. You're like he doesn't know much about technology. And then he starts talking. You're like, wow. Yeah, he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. Now, of course, um, we had the the privilege of heading across to uh, Microsoft's worldwide partner conference. You and you and Paul went across there and spent. Um, a relatively quiet week uh, <laughs> over there. Um, so tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, well, look, we were lucky. This is our first, um, NZ Tech Podcast sort of per, uh, first paid event we got to go over and, and do. And it was an interesting learning experience for both of us. Um, we were over there with about, oh, I think about 16,000 delegates that were there. And, and we got to go um, and start interviewing and recording and working with what was called the Microsoft Partner Network team. And it was a really interesting experience for us because we had no idea how hard it was going to be. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I remember talking to my wife after three days and saying, I've just done three 18-hour days solo. Because Paul and I, what listeners don't realize is that the facilities in the hotel were just terrible for internet. They were awful. So we'd get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, run off to this, this L.A. convention center, Trying, we would, we would sneak past guards because they had everything's guarded over there with you know guns. So Paul and I would blag our way into these stadiums, get onto the internet access, record all the stuff, get it up to skip. Then we would go around the day and do all this interviewing, and we were lucky enough to actually do some television work as well while we were over there. And then in the evenings, we'd go back to the hotel, record a whole lot more stuff, and then try and get our crappy internet connection to send it to Skip again. <laughs> but look, in saying that, we got to go over there, and the people that were there at the time from New Zealand, um, we got to speak with a lot of amazing people. I mean, we got to speak with the guys from Green Button Day Fellows. Yep. Um, you also got to talk to the guys from Ingram Micro, Stuart Alexander, uh, Jeremy Hunt from Fisheye. Um, yeah, we've got Pablo Garcia from SoftSource, and uh, a good buddy of mine, Adam Hall. He's um, ex-Microsoft New Zealand. He's working for um, Microsoft Redmond now, and he's working in the uh, System Center 2012 team as well. And also um, Mason Pratt from Provoke. So... You know, a lot of Kiwis over there, a lot of Kiwis punching above their weight. Um, well above their weight. It's insane yeah. what they're doing, including uh, we. you guys uh, heard about the Team One Buzz, um, the Kiwi kids going across there with their connection and doing uh, the, now what is it, the Imagine Cup competition. Yep. Now, I can tell you a little story about this. So, I've met the Team One Buzz guys, and they were in New York, and they were doing their the, the presentation. And they'd done their presentation, and I think they were through to the final 16 at the time. And they were in a lift. This is this one of these cliche stories. They're in a lift going up to the 30th floor of their hotel where they're doing. And um, I can't remember the head guy, the, the, the guy that runs um, for Team Wambas. But he's talking to the guy on the lift with him. He said, oh, yeah, we're over from New Zealand. We're doing our, we're trying to use radio waves to educate children, and, and we're using satellite technology and everything else. And the guy goes, oh, really? So tell me about it. And he went, he did a 30-second pitch. What he didn't realize is that the guy standing in the lift next to him worked for NASA. <laughs> and what's ended up happening is NASA have actually written some APIs which allows them to use satellite technology, and they actually got taken down to NASA. 
<laughs> Look, these, it's incredible. These guys are insane. In fact, at uh, TechEd this year, we actually um, uh, heard a little bit more of the other Kiwi teams as well. And yes. I am just in awe of what's coming through uh, from the universities in terms of solid thinking, uh, problem-solving Kiwis, kids that are just doing some amazing stuff. Yeah, and it was really interesting. Even uh, Steve Barmer mentioned um, Team One, one Buzz, and, and Barmer was a, a really interesting. I mean, what you see in the media and actually what you see in person are two different things. And uh, and actually hearing him speak over there, he's a very intelligent man. People think he's a bit of an um, exuberant person, but no, he's a smart guy. He's a really smart guy. And yeah, I mean, look, we'll have a listen to what Steve had to say. to have a chance to be here today at WPC. I have to say, and I know I've said this before if you've been to previous WPCs, but I'm going to share it again today, well, privately for you. About the most exciting thing I get to do in any 12-month period of time is come to this conference. Last year, I basically said at this meeting, we're all in on the cloud, 100%, and we need partners who want to come with us. Doesn't mean that the business has all transitioned in the last 12-month period of time, but we're all in. It is where things are going. In fact, we got 41,000 partners now who identify themselves primarily as cloud partners. Last week, I had a chance to do probably the second most exciting thing I get to do every year, and that's to, or at least this year, I had a chance to go to New York and meet with a group of about 500 university students who are competing in a competition that we call the Imagine Cup. We had over 380,000 students start out in the competition. That's very good for all of us who need to employ talented young people with skills in these areas. And they came together to work on programming projects with a team from their school and in general focused in on the applications of technology to some of society's most important problems. system that fights against malaria, which is one of the world's most deadliest diseases. So we are using state-of-the-art Microsoft technologies and the Azure cloud platform to revolutionize the fight against malaria. Whether you're hearing from a partner in Japan about earthquake and tsunami relief, or we see the interesting and exciting work that students can conceptualize, it should remind all of us what the real motivator and excitement and fun is of being in this business. And that's to transform society. With Bing, we've taken a simple point of view. People don't want to search. 
They actually want to decide and take action. Decide and take action. And in everything we're doing with Bing, and we'll show you a little demo here in a minute, you can see how we're trying to help people decide and take action. So that's it. Those are a few things I wanted to show you. But you can see that at Bing and at Microsoft, we're thinking about search differently. It's not just index and retrieval anymore. It's about connecting people to other people. It's about connecting information to places. It's about connecting people to action. It's really about getting you and moving the metaphor away from simply searching and finding to be more of a searching and being done. Really, in the course of the last two, uh, last 12 months, I would say a couple of big things have happened. Number one, Windows Server continues to build market share. Over 75% of all of the servers sold last year came with Windows Server. Number two, in the last 12 months, we have made major advances with Windows Azure functionality and capability. The third thing that's happened in the last 12 months is we've really stitched together now a much more coherent and complete public cloud and private cloud story. Questions I get a lot from partners is, when does ERP move to the cloud? And I'm excited to say that starting with Dynamics NAV early next year, we will put Microsoft ERP solutions in the cloud. Office 2010 ship last year, we've already sold over 100 million licenses. It's unbelievable, thank you. Two weeks ago, we formally announced uh, and made available Office 365. Office 365 is really the broad service for anybody, businesses from very small to very large, that brings office productivity and collaboration to the cloud. We like to say Office 365 is where office meets the cloud and brings collaboration to all. In just two weeks, we've had over 50,000 businesses around the world trial Office 365. That's about one business every 25 seconds. Skype, subject to regulatory approval, Skype. I gotta be careful here because we are in the middle of the regulatory process, but I'm very enthusiastic about acquiring Skype. Skype is very consistent with what Microsoft has, has made one of its core businesses, and that for us is helping people communicate and collaborate. I've asked, been asked by partners, is this Skype acquisition somehow mean you're not as uh, serious and enthusiastic about Link? Quite to the contrary. One of the great motivations in acquiring Skype is to enable the enterprise to have all of the control it wants of communication and collaboration through Active Directory and through Link and yet be able to connect people within enterprises 
to consumers, businesses, and trading partners around the world. Xbox, big year for Xbox. We launched a new uh, console roughly a year ago. We launched Connect for Christmas. We were the, had the fastest selling consumer electronics device in history. Fastest to 10 million ever with the Connect product. And yet I feel like we're just scratching the surface. Well, clearly no developers, 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 developers happening that uh, little scenery. No, it was a very crisp message, what he was trying to say. But um, it, it, look, he is, he walked around and he, I mean, he can control what he's, how his moods are and what's going on to the type of audience that's there. Yep. Um, and I, does, I do think he plays it up to the media a bit. But yeah, very smart man. Um, no matter what people think, to, to keep that ship moving along as it is, yeah, you've got to be clever. It's been a pretty big year for Microsoft. I mean, they've come out with some pretty big uh, things, basically. I mean, you've got the, uh, the Windows 8 uh, launch, which we'll talk about in the next uh, episode, um, and, of course, their uh, acquisition of Skype. Um, and it just seemed to be making progress on a lot of fronts at the moment. Yeah, look, I think with, with the phone, even though they don't have their market share at the moment, I think the, the device is gaining momentum and you've got the Nokia stuff, but you've, you've also just got some consistency about what they're doing now and I think they're getting that quality which they lost for three or four years or maybe even five years. Yeah. So that gave us a bit of an ind- indication of what was happening at Windows Partner Conference. Of course, you guys also got to sit down and listen to uh, Sir Richard Branson. Yeah. Now that was a wow factor. I mean, the guys, the guys got an aura about him. It's so weird. He walks into the room, and and the room just goes dead quiet, and everything gets ready, and he just starts speaking. And he's not one that rehearses things. Mm. He just sits there and just tells you how he's done it, and he's done it hard. And you just listen to him going, "Wow, this guy's so interesting." So yeah, let's take a um, listen to Richard Branson. Please join me in welcoming Sir Richard Branson. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to WPC 2011. Have a seat. Hello, everybody. Well, it's great, great to have you here. You know, the partners are super excited about getting your, your entrepreneurial perspective on business, some of the things you've done. Um, I thought it might be good to start with one of the things you mentioned at the end of the video. Um, you said, screw it, let's do it. Uh, obviously, that's got something to do with deciding whether or not you're going into a business. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think that uh, people can analyze things to death and uh, end up not doing things that, um, and, and which they, if they're just given it a try, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it often doesn't cost that much money to, uh, you know, to give it a go. Um, even if they fail, you know, they would have learned something by by trying. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, but sometimes they'll succeed. Um, um, and in my in my life, I've 
I don't know, maybe started about 400 companies. And most of them, the accountants would have said, you know, given me lots of good reasons why not to do it. Uh-huh. Um, but by just saying, you know, screw it, let's do it. Um, you know, we've managed to, to succeed with more than the ones with them we failed. You talked about being the champion of the customer as well in the video. Maybe you can give us some, some advice on how you think about that and what we should all be thinking about. I know it's one of the things at Microsoft we try to challenge ourselves on and we don't, we don't always do as well as we would like. Well, first of all, to be champion of the customer, you've got to be champion of your, your, your own people. And you've got to be a, you know, a, great, a great motivator of people, a great, you know, great leader of people. You, you've got to be looking you know, for the best in your team, never criticizing. Um, and, and, and I think that's, you know, that, that, that's essential. I think a, a well-run company is run by people who feel secure in, secure in themselves um, you know, to, be, to be great motivators of people. Uh, um, it's very important that your staff, you know, I mean, 90% of your time you spend at work. Um, and it, it should be fun. And it's up to the people running companies to make sure it is fun. Um, and, you know, it doesn't cost much to, th- you know, to, to throw a barbecue and, you know, supply some drinks occasionally and, uh, and, and make sure that your, 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 your staff have a good time. And, um, you know, go, going out of your way to make sure that your staff, are, you know, are genuinely enjoying what they're doing and it's not just a chore is very important. I think um, a, lot of, a lot of us need to be a lot more f- flexible in you know, how we treat our staff. I mean, um, you know, should, you know, if somebody wants to do, go on unpaid leave for a while, you know, welcome it, don't sort of frown, frown on it. If somebody wants to work from homes on, you know, Fridays or Mondays, you know, you know let, let, let them work from home Fridays and Mondays. And, and if, um, you know, if people... Um, You know, if people want a job share, um, uh, don't think of them being lazy or if they want to go part-time, don't think of them as being lazy. You know, the great thing about, you know, them job sharing or going part-time is that will create more jobs, which will actually help the economy um, and actually is very good for the, for the company because people are then doing, doing the things they want to do. All right. So, so WPC this year, it's, it's about companies and they're making big bets as we go through this, this industry transformation, uh, thinking about going to, going to the cloud. And what we'd like to ask you is, can you share an example of, of risks you've taken making big bets? Um, perhaps different than the airline industry, which we, we've talked about a bit, specifically uh, going out ahead of the industry. The industry seemed like it was going somewhere, and you made a bet and went out ahead of it. Who did you seek from advice? Where did you look for guidance? You know, anything in that sort of right. area. Now, look, I think, I think the important, um, you know, since, since a, lot of the, a lot of the people in this room have got companies which, you know, maybe turn over 15, 20 million dollars, um, uh, you know, the important thing is that, uh, you know, y- yes, you should take bold, bold moves, take bold, bold risks, but, um, you know, protecting the downside um, is, is key. So try not to make any, any one move that's going to, you know, just destroy the company that you've built up. Um, you know, we, we, we went from owning a, an independent record company into starting an airline, and, um, and my fellow directors at the record company, you know, thought I needed to see a shrink, um, and, um, and I think my bank manager thought I needed to see a shrink. Um, but, you know, what, what I did was 
uh, a deal with Boeing where we, we, we could buy one second-hand 747 off them, uh, but hand it back at the end of the, the first 12 months if the business didn't work out. And that, and that meant that I knew that, that the downside risk was, was, was um, you know, about half the profits of the Virgin record label, and therefore it was acceptable. And since, you know, once it started working, um, you know, we, we, you know we, we ordered a second plane and we let it grow. Um, so, um, yeah, so just make sure you, you protect the downside and, and um, don't mortgage your house too often, which, uh, to be perfectly honest, I, I did do on a few occasions. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about um, where the airlines business might be going and the future holds and what you're doing with space travel. Can you tell us a little about that? Um, well, it's one of the most exciting things that we've ever done. Um, I mean, NASA... Uh, sort of getting, you know, the, the, I mean, the governments are not going to be running, I think, the future of space travel. I think private enterprise is. And I think, you know, Virgin Galactic, you know, is at the forefront of that. And, you know, a year from now, um, I'll, be, I'll be going up with my children in, into space. And That's exciting. Uh, I didn't realize you were that close. So. Yeah, we're very, we're very, very close. And, um, you know, and, you know, and I think we can bring the price down over the next decade or two you know, to levels where most people in this room ought to be able to become astronauts. I mean, it's going to be tremendously exciting. Yes, thanks. Yeah. Well, I mean, Branson's got some great uh, insights there, really, isn't it? I mean, it, and it's born out of uh, solid hard work and um, burning your fingers at the coalface a lot of times. Yeah, look, I mean, he's, he's not a person that's, you know, got, you know, four uh, PhDs or anything else. He's just your general, like you said, hard grafter and gets things done. But And he takes risks. And he's lost, and he's come back, and he's lost, and he's come back. And you look at him now, he's building up you know, something to go up into space. So yeah. it, it is really, really interesting um, to, to see where he's gone and how he's done things. Great. So you came back from uh, the Windows, uh, the Worldwide Partner Conference um, and left Paul in Los Angeles to battle 4G networks and squirrels. And squirrels, that's right, yes. <laughs> but we, before we did that, we actually got to catch up with one of the world's biggest tech news writers. Yes, Mary Jo Foley. Yeah, look, it was, we were really lucky. So when we were doing the, the TV work we did over there, um, we made connection with Mary Jo Foley. And we actually got to hang out with her a little bit. And also Paul Throt from Windows Supersite via um, a web link as well. But we actually got to sit down with um, Mary Jo and um, have a really, really good chat with her. And she knows about New Zealand. She really wants to come down, down this part of the world. But look, let, let's have a listen to what she had to say. Mary Jo Foley, very uh, very good to have you uh, back on the NZ Tech Podcast. Uh, we enjoyed chatting to you during Microsoft Worldwide Partner Conference. Um, just have a few uh, few things we'd like to chat through about your opinion on what's happening in the Microsoft world. Great. Now, Windows 8, that's a real buzz at the moment. It um, is. You, you've, uh, in your All About uh, Microsoft um, uh, section on ZDNet, you've uh, been talking about Windows 8 maybe coming a little bit sooner than what had been predicted previously. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah, well, I'll, t I'll tell you. So the way I set that up on my blog was I said it was a rumor because I only have this from one source. And I can't tell you who the source is, but I, I can tell you it's somebody who's pretty well-placed and probably has a good idea of what's going on. Um, and what what this person said to me was, you all think Windows 8's going to be RTMing late 2012, but it's actually way further ahead than you think it is. And that it could even RTM as early as April 2012. 
And the, so here's what here's the thinking and the reasoning for this. So everybody's saying, oh, they're going to have multiple RCs and betas, and there's going to be all this feedback. That's not how they're going to do it. And if you look back at Windows 7, they didn't really do it that way. Yes, Nokia has a, a pattern, doesn't it? Right. He follows this 12-week release cycle. Exactly. You look at Windows Phone, they're naive. They're all following that same sort of methodology of the development now. So, I mean, so Paul put up today on one of the slides, sorry, last week on one of the slides, that, um, you know, they had FY12 um, Windows 8 is going to be delivered. Now, that means it's going to be here by June. Right. Well, that's slide one. So, right. yeah, your April time frames could have some merit there. It could. And, you know, so if so let's say it does RTM in April. Um, that would mean they could get it out in time for back to school, which would be huge for them, you know. And and it, I, I really think it could happen. It's really, it's not really as far-fetched as it sounds because we're already through the milestone builds. Like, yeah. they're done with milestone three. The next thing is beta. Yeah, and, the, I mean, they've, they've, they've shown it running on, on, you know, um, um, the other, you know, chip platforms right. and so on. So it's, it's uh, you know, they're obviously well through all of that work. Yep. You know, most of the um, the technology is going to be compatible with Windows 7. So it's not this big rewrite like Vista was where, you know, there were so many sort of new uh, new things under the hood in terms of drivers and, and so on. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that could well be it the could. case. And, uh, I, you know, I think we just have to wait until the, the build uh, Windows conference, right. and, which is, what, September? Yeah. And we should really get the lowdown on what's really inside Windows 8 mm-hmm. and hopefully a good handle on, or a bit more of a handle anyway, on, on that release cycle. So what are the other key things? Picked up is they mentioned that they've released a technology preview really already. Now, the previous when they were doing this with Windows 7, the build equivalent back then, they only released a technology preview then. So, this one they're on track to deliver a beta. Now, if they deliver a beta in September, you go for that 12 methodology, January could be an RC. Yeah. The line, it all lines up. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, if they are that far down, right. they are past that technical preview stage, yeah, it would look really good for hopefully something early, which would be great. It would. I mean, and the other, the other kind of clue when you're putting things together is if you think about how they develop Windows, the last thing they do is DUI, right? That's always the last thing they add and the last thing they show. So they've already showed it. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Yeah. I mean, so they're not, like, just showing you a fake demo. That was a real Windows 8 build with a working UI. Have you had your hands on one? Can you tell us that? Or no, I have not had my hands okay. on one. It's funny. I, I actually use, I have an iPad, and um, my signature line on my iPad, which is what I put on it, is sent from my Windows 8 slate as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot that I had that as my tagline, and I've been sending mail to people, and they're like, oh my god, you have a Windows 8 slate? Can you tell us about it? And I'm like, oh no, it's really my iPad. And, they, and they're like, no, it's not. And I, I, you must have a secret one, you know? That is hilarious. But no, it's my iPad. <laughs> I might have to do that, actually. Oh, that's great. Now, Windows Phone. You've you've moved into the Windows Phone world. Mm -hmm. What what are your thoughts? You know, how do you like what it is now, and what are your thoughts on where it's going? Um, I really like the Windows Phone a lot. I had a I had a loaner device um, from the time last fall when they showed it in the U.S. They gave me a loaner device and. I've been using it since then, and I was dying for Verizon to come out with something because I'm a Verizon customer, and finally we've got the HTC Trophy, which is a very decent phone and um, pretty good battery life. You've got it, too. Yeah. And um, I I think it's a nicer platform than I thought it was going to be. I I was kind of thinking, oh, the hardware is okay, but I'm I'm not really sold on it. But I've really 
liked it. I haven't had any problems with it. Um, and I'm super excited about Mango um, because it's all the things that are going to make it a really up-to-speed, very competitive platform. Um, but, you know, I'm pretty happy with Nodo, I have to say. I mean, it's it's working pretty well. So we're, we're lucky we're on the development preview for Mango at the moment. That's and it's just, and it's a beta, beta mm-hmm. store thing. Yeah. Where it's at right now is speed, performance, and features is, is mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, it's a new level. It's something that for us, we've just really noticed those small differences. Like, you know, the LinkedIn boxes are so just rich. And, oh, it would go on for hours. <laughs> but I think what they've done now is they've actually, in two or three releases, they've got themselves up to the Android. Yeah. Not quite the iPhone 5, maybe, right. but they're pretty close behind that now. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see when Mango gets released, what really happens to the market. And they'll obviously be on the Nokia platform. Right. That's what I'm really interested, too, in. Um, later this fall is what kind of new phones are going to be coming out and what they're going to look like and you know what kind of cameras are they going to have and all those good things yeah. so I, I think that's what's going to sell more people on Windows Phone too sure. is it's like now you get a nice platform but people want something really different and really like wowing and I think that's what some of these Mango phones are going to be we're certainly hoping so. Yeah, you'll get them a lot before we do. We're about really? four months behind with Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Our carriers down in New Zealand. Are well, it varies. I mean, with, with Windows Phone 7, New Zealand was the first country in the, in the world to get it. So when the trophy yeah. launched in New Zealand, uh, you know, because of where we are in the time zones, we got it before anywhere else. And then, of course, you know, Asia and Europe, uh, you know, basically the same day. And yeah. then, of course, there was that delay for the US, which was quite unusual, wasn't mm-hmm. it, for Microsoft to, uh, to have yeah. the product launched elsewhere rather than the US. Business, so. Yeah, unfortunately, in the U.S., Microsoft and Verizon don't have the best relationship, and um, part of that stems from the whole Ken debacle. Um, so, you know, Verizon they, they carry Microsoft phones, but they aren't a real backer of the platform, and hopefully, that's going to change at some point. Um, because in in certain cities in the U.S., especially on the East Coast, it's pretty impractical to use AT and T as your carrier because it, it just the service isn't as good as Verizon. Sorry, it's a running joke here. I've been on AT&T, and because my phone's on an AT&T phone, yeah. it's driving me mad with calls <laughs> on an AT&T phone. He's loving it. I'm just, yeah. We've been having an ongoing debate. You know, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not saying AT&T service is horrible everywhere, um, but in, in cities in the U.S., especially where there are a lot of iPhone users, and most of the East Coast, and especially New York, um, Verizon is just um, head and shoulders above AT&T. Yeah. Well, that was fantastic. Um now, we're getting close to the end here, and I think we probably should talk about some of the technology fails we had for this first half of no, the no, year. No, 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 no. Let's rephrase that. The Paul Spain technology <laughs> fails. Because Paul, when we... So when we... Let's go back to... When we first met Paul, we started going through it, and then every time we got something, we'd have a, oh, you know what? This thing broke today. Or this thing broke today. And when we started giving a lot of the gadgets to review, we had a few mishaps along the way. Of course, I remember quite early on in the piece, um, this the Ubi store gave us an AR drone to oh, have a play with. This is now we've got to remember at the time these were six ninety nine. They're four ninety nine now, but these yep. are six ninety nine. They were very new and very rare. They were. <laughs> so here we were up at uh, the RBG staff room uh, flying, because we had a high roof stud in there, yep. uh, flying this AR drone off a, an iPhone. Yep. It took a little bit to get used to. It did. And then... Epic fail happened. Yeah. Latest gadget that we've been playing with. <laughs> Stop. Everyone looks at me at this stage. <laughs> Which... Uh, yeah, Bradley just broke, so um, <laughs> never, never mind. It's uh, really cool. I really like this. So we're talking about the AR drone from Parrot. Now, this 
is some bit of gadgetry, right? Do we want to explain to our listeners what an AR drone is? Well, everyone knows what a drone is, right? What the US military drones are. They're they're an unmanned aircraft of some form that goes in to usually blow things up, right? So a consumer-based drone... Um, does the does, same thing. Does the same thing. <laughs> um, hopefully without blowing up, although, um, yeah, in the case of, um, you know, Bradley's uh, episode, we, had a, we certainly had a bit of damage there, so um, kind, kind of interesting. Yeah, look, I mean, this thing's cool. I, I really, really like this thing. I mean, you know, um, so it, it uses a iPhone application to control it. Um, we used Skip's iPhone to get it up and going. Um, it took a matter of a minute. I think Skip will tell us about... Just the- just to download, and then you just uh, associate it to the access point in the drone itself. So there's a wireless... There's actually a wireless signal that comes out of the drone, isn't yep. there? Yep. That's cool. That's very cool. And then it's... Um, there, are ca- there are cameras on the drone, right? There so are cameras. So that see, see what's going on, and it, it works out its height off the ground using the cameras. And you can also see that on your iPhone or on your iPad, which you yeah, full full from. screen on the iPhone, and you've just got thumb controls on screen for uh, moving around. Now, I've, I have to admit, I and didn't quite get my head around the controls entirely. Yeah, I had to it on Friday, and um, yeah, was getting getting okay with it. But I think you've got, definitely got to spend a bit of time to uh, you know to, hand, to to get the tricks. And, and I suspect that maybe the um, uh, a local telco who's just down the road, who I know has got some pretty hefty Wi-Fi protection gear, may have spotted it and done something because the thing just went to the roof and we couldn't bring it back down again. <laughs> Hence, I broke it when I tried to catch it. But look, yeah, I mean this thing. Try and catch it. Just just yeah. let it land on its own. As the uh, as the as the lesson there. This thing's got four big propellers around the side of it. It is really really cool. Um, you can fly it around the room. It is just a neat bit of kit. The the cameras coming back to your your device is very slick. Um, yeah, really, really impressive piece of technology. Yeah, no, no lag in the camera yeah. at all. No, it was, it was very cool. So this is this is due in the country, I think, early April. Uh, we we know that there will be a few stores around the country that are, that have got it. UB will definitely have it. They're the guys that have generous enough to have uh, sorted us out with uh, with one for Brandon. I'm, to, I'm uh, sorry, UB. I really am. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, definitely look out for that. I think it's coming in around five hundred bucks. There might be next demo one at UB coming up shortly. <laughs> <laughs> look, some super glue will fix it up. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we broke the drone pretty quickly, and we left Paul to try and clean up the mess on that one. Now, in, in hindsight, it does turn out that, uh, of course, those fiberglass or plastic sort of bodies on those things are made to break pretty quickly. Um, so, well, not necessarily too quickly, but uh, you can get a replacement pretty easily for them. Yeah, but when there's only a few of them in the country at the time, yeah. So. We were a little nervous, shall we say. Yeah, well, we've got even more nervous over the, <laughs> the next sort of 30 or 40 episodes with Paul every time he touches something and I think you're going to hear through the next few series we all, we all, we've all broken stuff yes. but for some reason it just tends to follow Paul yeah it does well that's um, that's the first uh, 24 episodes uh, of the year for us um, next episode we're going to look at the last 24 or so episodes yep most definitely and we'll sort of catch up today and we'll cover off I think the second half of, the, of this 2011 there were some real big highs and some real big lows for the technology world yeah so uh, watch out next week and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you then cool thanks for listening everyone 